Amen. It is so good to be at the Way Bible Church this morning, and we're excited that you're here today. And we know that if it's your first time here, that, that God's going to speak to you in a mighty way. But our big prayer is this, that if it's your first time here, it is not your last time here. We believe that God is going to touch your life in an amazing way and give you this word home, that we want a place for you to call home right here at the Way Bible Church, and we believe that God is going to create a place and an environment for you to flourish in. Hey, if it is your first time here this morning, we ask that you would grab that Connect card out of the chair in front of you, fill it out, bring it to either Information Center on either side of the Worship Center, where we have a gift for you from the church and information about TWBC, because we want you planted right here with us. The Bible gives this amazing promise, and it says those the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. And so it's our heart's desire to give you a place to get planted and to flourish. Hey, at the Way Bible Church, I want to tell you this. We're a lot more concerned about what we can invest into you than what we can get out of you. We're a lot more concerned about what we can invest into you than what we can get out of you. A lot of times when you go to church, people are like, well, wait, we can use you in this area and this area, and they try to get everything out of you they can. Well, our philosophy is a little bit different here. We want to pour into you everything we can because we know that when we pour into you all that we can, you're going to begin to do what we want this whole year to be, become planted. Fruit right where you are, but roots to where you're growing. Will you start producing fruit right where you're at here this morning at the Way Bible Church? Because we know that when you do that, you'll also develop roots where you're growing into the kingdom of God. And so thank you for being at the Way Bible Church this morning. We are so excited that you're here today. And hey, all of our kids are leaving for camp tomorrow, so y'all be praying for our, our leaders and our instructors. Give our kids a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Amen. And also all of our kids, our directors are ready for you guys at the back. So any kids kindergarten through fourth grade, man, we're going to celebrate you. We know you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has great and mighty plans for your life. You're going to be leaders on this earth and leaders among this generation and the next. Hey, you guys, give them one more big hand clap of praise as they're leaving the, the auditorium this morning. And if you would, begin to open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter number 1, verse number 17. And as you're turning there, we do want to say a special welcome this morning to all of our online viewers. If you're watching us live, we want to say welcome home to your church home, even though you may be away from home today. We're grateful that you've tuned in. And also, anybody listening by live Spanish translation right now, we're so excited that you're here. Thank you for being at the Way Bible Church this morning. And where we're at right now as a church is we're in a process of getting strategically planted strategically planted. And what does that mean? If it's your first time here, you may not quite understand those terms. Well, we're in a process right now of doing some transitions and things like that. And so um, on June the 8th, Pastor Corey Hankins became our student ministries pastor. Y'all give Pastor Corey a hand clap this morning. We're excited for him. And then we know that uh, Pastor Damon switched from student ministries over to a, a Connect Pastor role where he's back this morning and we're excited for what God's going to use him for. And his one role, amen, is to find everybody at the Way Bible Church a place to get planted, plugged in, and belong so you have a group of people that you can associate with and they can be your family and you do life together in groups. And so we're excited about that. And then also moving forward, now um, this coming Wednesday night is our final adult worship service on Wednesday night. The following Wednesday is July 4th, and then the Wednesday after that, July 11th, this becomes a student ministry and kids facility so we can pour into our children and the next generation at an amazingly high level and watch what God continues to do.
choose to do in their life and how he moves through their life. So what does that mean for adults? That means you have three options you can jump into. You can jump into an I serve group, an I grow group, or an I know group. And that's what we've been talking about over the past couple weeks. And so as you're turning in your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 1, verse number 17, the title of this morning's message is I Question. I question, and that'll make sense here in just the next few minutes as we begin to read in Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 17. But hey, as you're turning there, also put in your Bible your finger to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. We're going to do a little double dip this morning. I know, hey, you may not like somebody dipping in your queso twice, but hey, Jesus is good. And so we're going to double dip into the scripture twice. Amen. And hey, we want you to know that we, we love it when you bring your Bible to church and you get actively involved in the messages and take notes and watch what God does and what he, how he speaks to you differently when you follow along in person and what he's doing in your life. And so um, in the book of Ephesians chapter number one, beginning in verse number 17, if you're there, say I'm there, say I'm ready, say let's do this. All right, here we go. Ephesians 1:17. that the God of our father... Or the God of, um, excuse me, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. Man, those are some of the most exciting verses in all of scripture. If you haven't spent time in those verses, I want you to spend like the next six weeks just reading those verses over and over. And I want you to begin to read them like this. In verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give Joel T. Meyer a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Except you don't say Joel T. Meyer. Because you ain't Joel T. Meyer. Guys, turn me down a little bit. I'm getting an echo and some feedback, and people are cringing up front like, like, like they got a tick, you know. You, you get some of that every time I get a little bit loud. And it says, I do, um, in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you're going to begin to pray it like this, that God would give Joel a spirit of wisdom and Joel a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of his son Jesus, having Joel's eyes of his heart enlightened and opened, that I may know what is the hope that which he has called me to, what are the glorious riches of my inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable grace of his power towards me who believes in him according to the working of his great might oh come on that'll change your life that'll begin to change who you are that'll begin to change everything about how you read the bible and i believe this morning as we tap into the knowledge of christ and we begin to ask the right question we got to begin to change not just what we read in the bible but how we read it See, he wasn't just writing to the people in, in Ephesus. He was writing to Joel T. Meyer in Sulphur Springs in the year 2018 because God wants that same thing for my life. He wants Joel to get a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so wisdom is knowledge from, is, is from him and revelation is how to apply it. So it does me no good to get wisdom from God and not know how to apply it to my life. So he's wanting to give me wisdom and open up my eyes to reveal to me how it's going to work out in my day-to-day -day life, every single part of me. And so we want you to have the same thing. 
We want you to get the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's the key. In the knowledge of him, not in the knowledge of you. Right? In the knowledge of him, not in the knowledge of you. And so we will never be fulfilled. Get this. We will never be fulfilled as a follower of Christ until we go from a capital I and a little church to a little I and a capital church. Till we go from I church to I and make the church bigger than ourselves. Until we go from I take to I serve. Until we go from introvert to I grow. And we grow relationally with one another. And then we go from IQ, intelligence, quotient, to I know, experiential knowledge of him, not just knowing about him. That's where the big transition takes place. A lot of us have a lot of knowledge about him, but we need to start operating in the knowledge of him. The whole purpose of this whole series called I Church is this. There is no I in church, but there is a you. There is no I in church, and there is, but there is a you. So the church is not about what I want. The church isn't about even meeting your needs. The church is about what God said, and when we start doing what God said, your needs will be met. My needs will be met. We'll start operating in the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And the church will become everything that God declared that it already is as we move forward. So the purpose of this morning's message is very simple. It's to get us to a place that we do more than operate in knowledge about him, but operate in knowledge of him. Operate in who he is. Now listen, we've read that scripture And I want to tell you this, if you're going to develop roots to where you're growing, it is not about how much information we can gather. It is not about how much information we can gather. It is about asking the right question. See, if you don't have a proper question, you're just going to get a whole bunch of answers that are very generic. But when you ask the right question, you begin to get a very specific answer to areas in your life. Have you ever went to a restaurant and you just really didn't know what you wanted to eat, right? Ah, we can go anywhere. I don't care. And you open up the menu and then you got a page of American food and a page of, uh, of Mexican food and a page of Chinese food and a page of all different kinds of other things that you can get and none of it sounds good. What do you mean? You got every option in the world available. Because you didn't have a specific hunger, there's nothing on the menu that'll fit your taste. A lot of us in the church don't have a specific hunger or a specific question. Therefore, the very Bible that we read seems very generic and seems like, well, it's just kind of fulfilling, but it doesn't really satisfy and da, 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 all these stuff. Well, I'm wanting you to begin to ask a specific question so God can fulfill a specific um, longing in your heart. Because listen, the truth of the matter is you can eat steak every day of your life and after a while, steak begins to taste bad. You can eat steak every day of your life. And after a while, even steak begins to taste bad. Now, I want to test this theory out personally. Right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to, ta- I want to test this theory out. But I know this. If I eat steak every day of my life, I can even go to one of the premier steakhouses in Dallas. And even the steak they bring out and cook, I'll complain about it. Why? It's not the way I'd have did it at my house. <laughs> Maybe that's why you ain't the chef. <laughs> I'm just saying. But even after a while, you can get so accustomed 
to the great teachings and preachings and worship and information of God that even you become dissatisfied with that. And so your fulfilling is not going to come just because you've got a generic hunger. It's going, to be begin, it's going to begin to be fulfilled when you start asking the right question. And then when you ask the right question, God can give us the right answer. So what is the right question? The right question is this. Do I want to know about him or do I want to operate in the knowledge of him? That's your question for this morning. That is the right question to ask. So I'm giving you every answer you need to pass the test at the end of this service, amen, and respond to the altar call in the way God would have you respond. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, do I want to know about him or do I want to operate in the knowledge of him? See, I can go to uh, any library I want and don't even do, need to do that anymore. I can pull up Google and Google any piece of information I want about George Washington. From his wooden teeth to how he crossed the Delaware to all the battles that he fought to what it was like being the first president, I can get to know all about George Washington, but never operate in the knowledge of George Washington. A lot of us in the body of Christ can read Bibles and we can read books and we got 20 Bibles in our house that we hardly ever open and three app, Bible apps on our phone that, that we sometimes like to use. And even to use that, we got to Google the scripture. So when it comes up, then we can go to the app because we had to find the scripture. <laughs> can I get an amen on that? Maybe I'm stepping on a few too many toes right now. I'm just saying. And so with that... We can read the Bible all day long, but still never operate in a knowledge of him and only know about him. Have you ever made this statement in your life? I just don't know what to do. Right? I'm just going to be quiet. I was going to make a joke, but that was probably not been a good joke. I'll make it anyway. That's, that's every husband's first question when they make up, wake up in the morning. I just don't know what to do. Roll over, ask your wife, she'll tell you everything that needs to get done. I promise. I'm telling you. And so I need to come to the altar here in a minute and get prayer because I just offended, right? I'm just kidding. Have you ever said, I don't know? I don't know how we're going to pay this bill. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know what I'm going to do about my career. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do with, with our kids. They're driving me crazy. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to send them to kids camp. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I just don't know. How many of y'all ever said this? I just can't deal with it. It's too much. Life is just too much. I can't deal with the stress of my job. I can't deal because I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to quit this habit. And all I want to do is that habit because the minute I try to quit the habit, my job starts getting worse. And maybe it's a cyclical thing. I just don't know. It's just too much. Man. I'm glad I got one person who's been there with this too much. Have you ever wondered what to do in those situations? And listen, I don't want you to believe the lie that God will never put more on you than you can handle. That is not in the Bible. It is not there. He said you'll never be able to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. You'll never be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. In that moment, he said, I will provide a way out and you will escape even if it's one as escaping through the flames. So when it's a sin issue, God says, I'm giving you a way out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
And some of you got to realize that running from sin is biblical. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when, that, when that woman grabbed Joseph's coat in the Old Testament, her robe, and pulled it off, he didn't stay and say, give me my robe. He ran. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Running is spiritual. Amen. When you're running from sin and running to the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. And so in that moment of it's too much and I don't know what's going on and I, the, the, I can't say what people have always told me that God's not going to put more on me than I can handle now that I know the scripture doesn't really say that. What do I do? Why is this happening? Have you ever asked that question? Yeah. I just don't understand why it's happening to me. Well, I'll tell you this. You ain't special and it's happened to somebody else before. It'll probably happen to somebody else after you. But when you finally get to the end of you, you'll see him. When you finally get to the end of your, I don't know, Jesus is standing right there. When you finally get to the end of your, it's too much, Jesus is standing right there. When you finally get to the end of, I can't go any longer, Jesus is right there. See, he was waiting for you to get to the end of you, so now you'll start operating in the knowledge of him, not the knowledge of you. And this is why Paul says this. I pray that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why does he pray that? Because wisdom is this. I don't have to wait to get to the end of me. I can turn to him quickly. And wisdom is turning to him quickly. And revelation is him already being there. I don't have to wait to get to the end of me. I can immediately operate in the knowledge of him. I don't got to let it get so bad that I come to the altar crying and say, I just can't take it anymore. I don't have to get there. I can, in wisdom, say you've given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That means you've given it to me now, and I know how to apply it. You don't got to wait till you get to your wit's end. But you do have to understand this. You do have to say, I want to operate in the knowledge of you, not the knowledge of me. Because if you keep operating in the knowledge of you in five years from now, you'll be right where you're currently at. Financially, spiritually, and every other way. If you start operating in the knowledge of him, you'll begin to look like him and actually do this, not represent him, but re-present him in the earth. And so with that, we've got to get to a point of, of understanding that when I come to the end of me, what is the purpose? It's because he's trying to make me more like him. And it doesn't take a trial to make me more like him. It takes me turning to him to make me more like him. So if you're wondering, why do I got to keep going through all this bad stuff to learn anything? Stop. Listen quicker. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's kind of like the 18-year-old who knew everything and he moved out of his parents' house. And by the time he turned 24, dang, mom and dad got smart in six years, right? It's that scenario. Why do we got to wait till we're always at our wit's end before we turn to Jesus? Cannot we turn to him quicker? <laughs> That's wisdom, quickly turning. And revelation is him immediately showing himself, I'm here. I'm here for you. We got this together. But now you're going to operate in the knowledge of me, not the knowledge of you. Are you okay with that? And the answer is yes. Because that's wisdom again. Saying yes to Jesus. So where do we go from here? I want you to read the story with me in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And as we do this, as you're turning there, we've got to make a transition in our lives from 
the I and the I know category of this. On Sunday mornings, you can get great inspiration, which will cause you at an altar call to have awesome aspirations and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this change, this is so awesome, but there's got to be a shift from inspiration and aspirations in your life to reality of walking it out. Have you ever been sitting up late at night? For me, late is like 9.45, 10 o'clock. For my wife, it's like 11.30 or 12 o'clock. And I've been sitting up late at night, and you know you're sitting there with a tub of ice cream, and hallelujah, it's a blessing from God, cookies and cream. Thank you, Jesus, if you're wondering. I mean, just, and, and you sit there eating it, and then all of a sudden, one of them infomercials comes on, and man, they start doing these workouts, and they show these people just, just awesome, and it's like they've like ran 20 miles, and there's this little trickle of sweat. Pastor doesn't sweat like that. When I sweat, I sweat, you know, I mean, it's nasty, right? And you're sitting there, he's like, dang, eating that ice cream. I'm going to look like that one day. And you get inspired, so inspired, you put the ice cream down for the moment, pick up your phone, and because Amazon is so amazing, you don't even have to punch anything, you just slide that little bottom if you're a Prime member, right? And out of inspiration, I had great aspirations, and I ordered those videos, and I'm like, whoa, yeah! And because it's Prime, you get them in like two days, and they show up at your door after a long way of work, and you're like, get thee behind me, Satan, uh-uh. <laughs> Right? Hallelujah. Corey gets me on that. Amen. No, the problem was you had inspiration that led to great aspirations. But when it showed up in reality, you're like, I'm not doing this. I want my ice cream. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Now, now listen. If we're ever going to make this switch from inspiration and aspirations to a new reality of actually living this out, there's going to have to be a transition in our life and what we do. And I want to use this scripture to illustrate it. In verse 14 of Matthew 25, it says, For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servant and entrusted to them his property. For to one he gave five talents. Everybody say five. To another he gave two. Everybody say two. To another he gave one. Everybody say one. Each according to his ability. Circle and underline that part. Then he went away. What? There's going to be a time when the Father trusts you with something he's given you. And it'll seem like he's not there. And in that moment, you're going to operate in the knowledge of him, not in the knowledge of you. Okay, that's not even the message. I'm going to go on. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more. So also who had two talents, but he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him. Everybody say, after a long time. So he went away. He was away for a long time, but praise God, he came back. So if you're in a silent season, get past the knowledge of you. Start operating in the knowledge of him. You'll hear his voice again. I promise. He's not far off. And so, and to the one who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I have made five more. And his master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, had, who had two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. 
Here I have made two more. And his master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been entrust, you have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And to the one who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had scattered no seed. And so I was afraid. Circle and underline that. If you are not operating because of fear, you have a relationship issue with the Father. Okay? God says perfect love casts out all fear. If you are ever holding back from doing something for the kingdom of God because of a fear issue, it's not necessarily fear. It's a relationship with the Father issue because there's an insecurity and a lie you have believed that is greater than his love for you. Okay? And somebody's going to get set free from that this morning. And you'll quit believing a lie before you leave this, this house today. And God will transform your life in an amazing way. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. Now read this with correct grammar. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Question mark. That's not a statement. The master's not saying he's wicked and he's gathering from where he didn't sow. He's asking, so you believe this about me? Right? So you say this about me? That, that I'm going to do this? I think God thinks like that sometimes. Then you ought to, if that's the case, have at least invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, you should have I should have received what was mine, at least with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For everyone who has given more or has has more be given will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not, even what he has will be taken from him. And cast that worthless servant into outer darkness, into the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so with that, I want to bring us to this point. Remember, you have great inspiration. We're built up with some great aspiration. This morning, we're going to do things for the kingdom. But now we've got to step into this new reality. And remember what I've mentioned over the past two weeks, the 10-20-70 rule, that 10% of knowledge happens through formal training like this. 5% of that 10% actually happens through one-on-one -on -one of interaction, you in a book or something like that. And so then you have the 20% of knowledge that is gained through coaching and feedback. The 70% of knowledge is gained through on-the-job training. And so 90% of knowledge, and gain, knowledge is gained through coaching and feedback and on-the-job training. But yet we spend 90% of our spiritual walk trying to gather information when 90% of knowledge is gained through expression and doing and experiencing the Word of God. Now, you need to remember that as we go forward. So you have uh, the guy I'm going to call T1. Everybody say T1. This is the talent one, the talent one guy. And now listen, some of y'all are thinking, well, he only gave him one talent. One talent was worth about $600,000. So I don't know if Jesus came and gave you $600,000 today, what you would do with it to expand the kingdom of God. But the one guy who was given one was given $600,000 according to his ability. So he operated in a less than of his ability. The one who was given two was given an amazing amount of money. $1.2 million. Brother Charles, if somebody gave you $1.2 million and said, go expand the Father's kingdom, <laughs> telling you. A lot of you would think of well, what house you would buy for yourself when that's not expanding the kingdom. Then to the one who gave five talents. 
3 million. According to his ability. Now listen. I want you to look at T1 as being maybe you at TWBC. So the T stands for TWBC, the one talent that you've been given in the kingdom of God. I'm going to begin to ask how you're using it. And is your thought process like the man right here in, in, in the story? See, the man's thought process in the story was this. The master gave him one talent, a large sum of money. And listen, when he got it, his first thought had to be, this is impossible. Right? It's impossible to do. This is crazy. I'm never going to accomplish this. The second thing he begins to do is he obviously questions the goodness of the master. You're a hard man. He questions the wisdom of the master. You've reaped where you haven't sown. And the master's looking at him like, you're saying I do what? He remember he asked the question. Then he makes a wrong assessment about the master that T2, the two-man talent, or the two-talent man and the five-talent man never made. You notice when the, talks, when the guy with five talents and the guy with two talents are talking to the master, they never said he was a hard man. They never said he was a scoundrel of a man. They never said he was tough to work for. They never said any of these negative things about him. Why not? Well, because they brought back. No, they brought back because they had a relationship that the guy with one talent didn't have. They had a relationship that the guy with one talent didn't, didn't have. Get this. For the T1s, here's the danger zone of T1. The danger of a T1 type people is that they're really good, uh, excuse me, they are really, really ignoring God while they think they are serving Him. Now, I want to tell you this. The T1 guy thought he was serving his master by going and burying it when really he was ignoring him. Because the master said, go and expand the kingdom. The guy went and buried it in the ground. So he thought he was serving him while he was really ignoring him. Now, I want to take this one step further. A lot of us come to church on Sunday morning. We read our Bible daily and we have some kind of, of relationship with God that, that we would like to say is good and is of good quality. But I'm telling you, if you think that is your service to the kingdom, I'm telling you, you think you're obeying God while you're really ignoring him. See, coming to church is not your service to the kingdom of God. That's God's service to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Coming to church is not your service to the kingdom. Coming to church is God's service to you to equip you, to empower you, to inspire you, to give you great aspirations so you start walking into a new reality so when you walk out the door, you begin to expand the kingdom. Yes. Hallelujah. So coming to church, if this is our service to the kingdom, we're really ignoring God while we think we're obeying Him. The difference is Jesus' disciples and the Pharisees. They read the Bible, they memorized the law, they knew everything about it, they thought they were serving God when literally they crucified the Son of God. And so the two talent guys, remember this, their whole objective in their operations were this, on the two and five talents, they were operating like their master. Because when they came home and returned it to him, what did the master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. We're in a, a, a time with our staff right now where we're challenging our staff to begin to develop leaders under us. And I asked Pastor Mitch this question. Pastor Mitch, if somebody got up on stage and led worship the exact same way you did, what about the way they led would irk you and make you say, I don't understand why they're doing that? 
Because I promise when I'm down there watching somebody else preach, I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe that. Why? But I break all the same rules. So they're doing just like their pastor. Right? I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. And so when he was, when they came back and turned it in, they were acting just like their master. And their master, because he's a good master and, and it represents part of the kingdom, he said, well done, good and faithful servants. Because you got to remember this. He is making you into more than you. He's making you into becoming like him. Your comfort is not his priority. Making you like him is, his, is your priority. And many of us have viewed, if we're going to go from this aspiration to this new reality, you view your spiritual walk like this video clip I'm about to show you. And so as you watch this video clip, many of you have been deceived by this type of what I would call um, thinking of how you need to walk out your Christian walk. So guys, go ahead and play that video. This is Pastor Joel's new group life. Who's in on this one? Come on, are you ready for this? You see they were doing it together? They were doing it as a team? That's awesome. And I'm getting like 2% response. Because this is what we have thought the Christian walk is supposed to look like. If we're going to do something amazing for the kingdom of God and we got great inspiration, we got great aspirations, there comes to a point for this reality to come. And if we're really, really, really going to do it, I got to take this big leap of faith and I got to just jump. Right? How many of y'all have heard you got to just take that leap of faith in your spiritual walk? If you're going to do something for the kingdom, you got to take that jump. I never read in the Bible where Jesus looked at his disciples and said, if you're going to be like me, jump off this mountain to prove your love and that you'll truly follow me. I never read that. I've never read in the Bible Jesus saying, if you're going to be a disciple of me, you got to take this big leap of faith. And you're going to freak out and you're unqualified and hopefully you don't die at the bottom right but many of us for all of our lives we believe this lie that god's going to ask me to take this massive leap of faith when actually i see it portrayed very different i see it portrayed with jesus and his disciples will you follow me follow me when you follow me i'll tell you the next step to take 
follow me? I didn't see him walk to the edge with his disciples and say, hey, see how big this mountain is? See how big this, this building is? Jump off. Jump. I don't read that in the Bible. I understand the concept of taking a leap of faith that might be scary, but the reality of it is this. Jesus is saying, if you'll follow me, you may view it as jumping off the building. I view it as, come on, Joel, take the next step. We got this. I'm going to give you a break because I know that's a big step for you. Come on, we got this. All right, let's take a break. I know that's a big step. Come on, we, we can do this. One more step. One more step. We got this. Follow me. We made it. See, because a lot of you view your spiritual walk. If I don't go big, I may as well go home. Jesus never said it. Jesus never said it. Jesus said, will you simply follow me? Will you simply follow me? And it's gonna, the step is going to push you a little bit. But he ain't telling you to go to Dubai and jump off the tallest building that's out there. He's not telling you to walk out to the edge and get a GoPro on your head and make a show of yourself. He's simply saying, follow me. Follow me. Pastor Mitch, if you and the worship team can come. And as he's saying, follow me, He's simply asking, will you hear my voice and obey it? Because when you obey the voice of God, you go from knowledge about him to knowledge of him. I want to tell you this quick story as the worship team's getting ready, and then we'll close. So if my prayer team can begin to come, and those who are working during the prayer ministry can begin to come, what does a little step look like? 20 years ago in my life, before the church was started, I worked at a grocery store. And, you know, I was just hungering for God. I wanted to do things for God. I wanted to be a part of his kingdom work. And there was, I was a, a grocery manager at the time on days, just got promoted to day shift. And there was a cashier, and she was 16 or 17, and, and she was heartbroken over this guy. And it broke her heart, and, and we were talking about it. And I said, listen, you're better than that. You don't need to give up a part of yourself to keep a boy around. You're better than that. You're better than that, and God's got bigger things in store for you. If you'll hold on to his purpose for your life, if you'll trust in him, even though you don't see the next step, just trust that he's leading you and follow in what you know about him. I promise he'll make it work out for good. And you know, last night I had a wedding to do in almost Denton, and I ran into this girl at the wedding 20 years later. 20 years later, and she was talking to my wife and I, and she runs up and she says, Joel, you'll never know what you did in my life when you just spent time telling me I was worth it, telling me I would be somebody, telling that I had potential and I had promise and there's something in my life. See, I didn't know what I was doing 20 years ago when I was talking to this girl and encouraging her just to stay pure in her walk with God and stay pure and, and to save herself for her husband and to stay pure in that moment and it gave her the courage to, to go on and get out of that relationship and a few months later she was talking to my wife who wasn't even my wife at the time and she said, I know how I was going to marry Joel because I opened up the Bible and it opened right up to Joel when I was asking God the right question. 
When I was asking him the right question, he gave me the answer, Joel. Praise God. I'm glad Jeff wasn't in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Jeff had already met Amy. They are already good. They were already, they're already happily in love by then. Gosh, I just know how to ruin a, ruin a moment. I mean, I'm good at ruining a moment. I'm telling you. Here, here we are. But in that moment, she came up to us last night and said, you'll never know what you did in my life 20 years ago. And this is my husband. And yesterday was their 11th anniversary. This is our 11th anniversary. And these are our three kids, three beautiful kids. And, and, and she said, Joel, 20 years ago, you didn't know what you were doing. And her husband walks up and says, I know that voice. And she says, honey, this is the guy I listen to on Facebook all the time. And when I'm doing the dishes, Joel, I listen to your sermons. This is the guy who used to work with me at the grocery store, who changed my life. See, I don't know what I'm doing today, but I know it's going to have an effect 20 years from now. I know there's going to be something happening. But it's not me jumping off of a building. It's me listening to the Father saying, take the next step. Take the next step. And you notice I'm not even walking yet. I'm just step, stop. Step, stop. Because this is about like Joel's spiritual walk. Step, stop. I mean, I'm not this great giant that's like, hey, we got this. It's literally like this, guys. Step, stop. Hear from God. Joel, you're good. Okay, I'm going to take a breather because I'm nervous. Step, stop. Hear from God, Joel. You're good. I got, but I'm nervous. But he says, just take another step because you're operating in the knowledge of me. And I'll get here. And I'm like, but I'm still scared. And I can't take that step. And when I get to the next step, he's like, I got you. And I'm telling you in reality what my spiritual walk is really like. It's not this great, phenomenal thing. It's, God, I just need to hear your voice for the next step. And this is what I know groups are all about. They're not about learning about who he is. They're learning to walk in the knowledge of him and who he is. Do everybody stand this morning? In this place, right now, this morning, what is your next step? For some of you, it's the first step. It's receiving Jesus Christ and making him Lord of your life. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please come and we want to pray a prayer with you and we'll help you take that next step because that next step is so vital in your life because if you don't know Jesus, it's not the next step, it's actually the first step. But if you're again, your next step is making sure you're committed to hearing him. And some of you need to get back to a place that says, today I want to recommit my life to hearing from God and not just knowing about Jesus, but truly operating in the knowledge of Jesus. And come and commit your life to him again. For some of you, you've been asking yourself questions. I don't know the next step. I don't know the next step. I'm telling you, here's the next step. It's hearing from God. And taking that step of faith. And watching what he does. Because he's right there with you. And we want to pray with you here this morning. BBC, and tell you how valuable and precious you truly are. And invite you to come. You can come take communion with one of our elders. You can come pray on your own or pray with one of us. But here's the, here's the question. The great I question. If you're not asking the right question, you're not getting the right answer. So here's the question. Do I want to operate in knowledge about him? Or do I want to operate in the knowledge of him? If it's the of him, then I'm going to ask you to come and begin to pray with people if you need to. Make a commitment to him in your heart. Because here we go. Are you ready? We're going to take that step together. In three, two, 
One, begin to come. We want to pray with you. We want to move in your life and see what God has for you. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning to the online worship service of The Way Bible Church. We hope that if you're ever in the Sulphur Springs area, you will join us in person as we would love to meet you, shake your hand, and tell you a little bit more about us. But here's what we do at TWBC. Suddenly I'm not afraid send you a letter, tell you a little bit about the church, and help walk you through a discipleship walk with Jesus Christ, even if you are uh, out of the out of our physical zone. Thank you again so much for being a part of TWBC Worship Services this week. We'll see you next Sunday morning, and remember, you are loved by the Father.